0: good morning and welcome to life Church I'm Aaron Cole the senior pastor it's great to see you guys this weekend if you have a Bible and you want to turn to Mark chapter 10 I'm going to get there in just a minute and today I just want to kind of share with you something that uh, has been on my heart for quite some time that one of the things I love about teaching in the summertime is that it's very casual and laid back and there's it's just you know people are we're just way more chilled and relaxed and And, uh, and uh, so I kind of like to have these conversations and really just kind of get to just kind of preach my heart. Whereas in the fall and the spring, we're really uh, pretty much into some pretty heavy series and it's a little bit more structured. And back in uh, February, I went to Kenya and uh, to Africa and that was my first time to Africa and went with an organization called Mission of Mercy Uh, You saw a booth when you came in, that's Mission of Mercy, and basically they, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what they do, but they basically minister to children uh, in 18 different countries around the world, but one of the countries that they minister to is in Kenya, and so I got the opportunity to go with a couple of other pastors uh, and some other leaders, and we went to Kenya for the week. Literally, I left here on Sunday and flew out and got here, if you were here that weekend, I got back on Saturday. I literally changed clothes in the car on the way from the airport because my plane was delayed in Detroit to preach the Saturday night service. And uh, it was an awesome experience, an awesome experience. And um, one of the things that struck me uh, about that, that was so um, probably one of the most profound spiritual experiences I've ever had in my life, just to really be honest with you. Uh, I get to travel quite a bit, and, and I speak and preach and get to see a lot of different things. But I saw, uh, and again, Nairobi, the city that we flew into, beautiful city, wonderful city, very developed, um, wonderful people. Uh, But we got to see the other side. We got to see the side that a lot of tourists don't see. And uh, and they took us into the slums and into just some abject poverty. And again, it's one thing to see it as you're channel surfing. Uh, It's another thing to be there and to smell it in the heat of the day, and to see the kids, and to see where they live, and to go into the house, uh, that eight-foot-by-eight-foot room, to realize that's where a family is, is staying and living uh, that's made out of metal uh, and, uh, and a very hot, uh, dry place. And then to see the the ministry of these kids, whether it was in the inner city, there in Nairobi in the slums, or going a couple hours south of the city into out to the bush in the outback area where... Basically, you are seeing the same exact type of situation. It's just in a rural setting, not in an urban setting. And the thing that struck me about all of these, um, these children was that in living in their conditions, they had a joy and a peace and a happiness that, quite frankly, I had never really seen in the eyes of people. I mean, to see such a a contrast in living color in front of your face, to see uh, uh, situations and and a dismal plight, but to see the smile on their face, to see the joy that was in their life, to, to be able to see that was something that, honestly, I just kept my Oakleys on for most of the trip because I just couldn't talk. I couldn't, it was everything I could do to keep from just breaking down and crying. And I'm not a crier, but it moved me. It it moved me in such a way. It humbled me, to be honest with you, as a pastor, it humbled me that they probably had a better spiritual connection to Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior than when I did. And I say that with all, all authenticity and all integrity and sincerity of heart. Because, see, in America, we're blessed. We don't really realize how blessed we are, but because we didn't get the leather seats or the or the or the the cold package on the car that we wanted and we didn't get the the house only has four bedrooms instead of five and and we're trying to get you know whatever our deal is, is our plight the our the burden that we have to carry <laughs> these people had nothing less than nothing but there was this joy there was this kindness there was this hope there was a smile that was so stinking genuine. And so today, I just want to kind of talk about that trip. I want to talk about what the Lord did in my heart. I want to talk about that experience. So I'm going to turn your attention to a, a quick video that our creative communications department just kind of put together. There was nine hours worth of footage. So everything you're going to see this weekend we, that was from that trip. And we're just going to kind of talk about that. And so turn your attention to here, and I'll be right back.
1: There is love.
2: And our faith is in decline
1: Grown from scratch to what now you can see, and we thank World Up International. We thank our missions of mercy, and we thank our Vapor for bringing this place to the position you can
0: now see. So, as you were seeing some of that, we're going to walk a little bit through some of that. But we were there in in the the slums in Nairobi, and and, uh, in that particular clip, we were actually uh, there at a school. And uh, then we went out to the bush and did all of that. And we got to on that uh, the day we went to out, outside the city. They uh, let us feed in the feeding program. And what you saw that the kids ate—that's their meal for the day. And uh, I've never asked a missionary or an organization for anything. And I said I have to have that cup. I have to have the cup. And so they said, "Sure, yeah. Well, if you want the cup, it's a plastic, cheap cup." And this cup sits in my office. And it just reminds me, because I can't explain to you what it's like. But Jesus kind of gives us a synopsis of this, kind of gives us a picture of this connection that he has with children in Mark chapter 10. And the Lord really drew me back to this and reminded me of this. Verse 13, he says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples, remember the great men of God that changed the world, rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That word indignant is like the same righteous indignation that came upon David as he uh, confronted Goliath. He said to them, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom is like a little child, will never enter into it. And he took the children in his arms, and he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. See... uh, the heart of God, the heart of this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we serve, really comes down to this heart for a child. It's one of the things that motivates us at Life Church to be so passionate about kids' ministry and youth ministry. Because of the fact that we're not trying to get kids out of the service. We're trying to get kids into, whether they're they're little tykes or whether they're elementary, we're trying to get them into a learning environment so that they can learn about Jesus and understand that Jesus loves them at an early age. And so... Trying to get, be aggressive about getting parents to, to put your kids in life, kids, and let them get in there. It's not about trying to have them out of the service as much as it's, it's just about trying to teach them. Because there's this connection between Jesus and children. There is this innate connection. There's this God connection. There's this draw and that's the reason why children are so open to the gospel. I mean, this summer we've been doing a VBS here, Pastor Kevin and his team, and, and on Wednesday nights, all throughout the summer, and, and a week ago Wednesday night, 25 children accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior here in this room. And some people go, yeah, but it's kids. And I want to say, really? Do we need to reread this again? I mean, that's the heart of the Lord and Savior. That that's the heart of God. Uh, That's the reason why God says that we call him Abba Father, uh, Papa God, Daddy. We we as people, even as a grown almost 40-year-old man, I have the need that I want the affirmation of a father to look at me in the eye and say, Son, I am proud of you. And Jesus says of himself that even if your earthly father won't do that for you, I as your heavenly father will do that for you. That's the reason why we call him Father, Papa God. Abba. Because there's this connection between the father and between the child. And Jesus says in this passage, first of all, there's this God connection that happens. And and I could see it in the eyes of these kids. And again, I wish I could transport all of you to that feeding line just just for 10 minutes. I wouldn't even have to preach a message. You'd get it. And it's not just in Kenya. It's all around the world. And it's not because these kids don't have anything it's because as, as a child, I mean, think about it as a child. You don't really, you don't understand materialism. You don't understand what haves and have nots. You don't, you don't really become even increasingly aware of that till you get to be older into your teen years. But, but as a child, it's just life. It's just living. It's just whatever. And, and so they get it. There, there, it's interesting, too, that the disciples, Jesus says you are, first of all, not to hinder them. It goes on to say in the Gospels, it's better that a millstone be tied around your neck and you be cast to the bottom of the river than for you to become a stumbling block or a hindrance to one of these little ones. Do you know that? That we that are mature in Christ have a responsibility. First of all, to, we have a responsibility to bring them, the children, to Jesus. That's what it says right there. Jesus says, let the children come unto me. He became indignant because they were, they were pushing them away. And don't hinder them. That we have a responsibility, that I have a responsibility, that you have a responsibility as a mature Christ follower, to make sure that there's nothing in my life that would hinder them from seeing the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, and also to try to do everything I can to facilitate that connection. Again, these aren't my words. These are God's words. And Jesus says, too, if you want to see a picture of what the kingdom looks like, you've got to see it through the eyes of a child. That's interesting to me. Because we, we, in our culture, dismiss children. We, they become a nuisance. They become a hindrance. They become a, no, 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 no. no. Jesus says, don't push them away. Bring them to me. a matter of fact, if you want to picture what the kingdom looks like, then look at these children. Look at them. And how they come to me is how you, as, as an adult, should come unto God. And unless you can do that, you'll never inherit the kingdom. It's also interesting to me, too. He says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Let's just talk for a minute. Just since it's us and we're having a conversation. We're not having a message or a sermon or a preaching. We think, as Western Christians, that we kind of have a corner market on this whole God thing, right? I mean, think about it. You know, we, well, I I showed up and went to church. I'm a regular tender at Life Church. You know what? I give to missions. And bless God, I I uh, pay my tithe. And uh, you know what? I, I'm even involved in a life group. I'm a super Christian. And we kind of think like there should be something for that, that the kingdom kind of belongs to us, that we kind of have a, a corner market. And when things don't work out just the way we want and God doesn't answer our prayers just the way we think, all of a sudden we kind of get a little mad. We kind of get a little upset. We kind of get a little bit like, hey, God, look what I'm doing for you. Come on, can't you hook a brother man up right here? He'll hook me up a little bit. Don't look at me so sanctimonious. You had those conversations, those feelings. And the Bible says that the kingdom doesn't belong to that. The kingdom belongs to the children and to those that accept it. And that childlike faith. And the Bible says that Jesus brought the children to him. And he touched them. Because again... There's this connection. There's this need for the child to be touched by the father. There's this need. The Bible says in Isaiah that in the last days that he will turn the hearts of the father back to the children. That's why it's so important as a church that we reach children and teenagers. Not from a doctrination standpoint or not from a um, a we need to condition them. But from a deal of that's the heart of God. We don't do student ministries and kids ministry just because it's cool and it's hip and it's some place for the kids to be. It's because that's the heart of God. And when you begin to touch the heart of God, God begins to move things and do things in and, and, and your life. And He He begins to open doors and He begins to establish His kingdom because He said that's what the kingdom's all about. I was raised in church where this was the big church. This is where all the money went. This is where all the resources went because you've got to minister to the parents. I worked for a pastor one time that told me when I was a youth pastor, when your students become, uh, how do he put it? Contributing members, i.e. when they start writing big fat checks, then we'll start doing things in that direction. Until then, just sit back in the Sunday school room and just be thankful that you've got a room to be in. And I said to myself, self, there's going to come a day that you are going to be in that lead position. And so self... You need to make sure that you can't do anything about this today, but you will be able to do something about tomorrow. So, Allah, we do the student center. And I was in the youth room a few weeks ago, and, and there was one projector that was completely out, and the other one was looking kind of fuzzy, and I was like, you can ask the staff, I got a little mad. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't going to be big church and little church. The little church gets the, gets the sorry stuff and the big church. No, 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 let's fix this. This is going to be the best of the best. Why? Because it's the heart of God. And, and, and Jesus, there's this connection. And when he encounters children and children encounter him, they're blessed. There's this blessing. There's this thing that goes on. And again, I can't compute it. I can't put it into an equation. I can't put it into a three-point sermon or a homiletical outline. I'm just telling you, that's the way it works. And so I was convicted, to say the least. I was moved beyond emotion. Spiritually, I was marked in such a way. And it wasn't the compassion of the need as much as it was seeing the heart of God and being drawn to that and understanding that that's what the kingdom is all about. And so Rick Mitchell, who is, uh, works with Mission of Mercy, was there on that trip. And I began to talk to Rick and say, Rick, what can we do? So I'm going to bring Rick. Rick's here. Rick came in from Colorado Springs. And would you give a warm Life Church welcome to Rick Mitchell as he comes out? So this is Rick, and Rick put the trip together, and so I began to ask Rick, tell me what we can do. Tell me how we can, can extend what we're doing. Tell me what we can do. So before we get into that, Rick, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then tell us a little bit about Mission of Mercy, then what we can do.
2: Sure. Appreciate the opportunity to come be with you folks. I'm a born and raised Midwesterner right across the, the border uh, in Iowa. I lived most of my life in the Midwest, in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, and Michigan. The last 18 years out in uh, Colorado, but uh, love Wisconsin. Got to come here for family vacations up to the Dells every now and then, and so it's good to be back. It's been a while. Uh, as I said, grew up in Iowa in a church home, uh, but uh, did the whole thing back in the late 60s, early 70s of uh, rebelling and uh, did the whole uh, hippie culture deal in college, and and really strayed away from uh, the foundations of my faith in Christ and. Uh, God got a hold of me again uh, when I was about 20 years old, and uh, and brought me back to Him. And uh, how many of you, anybody here, remember the the Jesus Movement days? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few of you willing to raise your hands, cause you're dating you, but uh, did you know just got full full in for God at that time, part of a Christian commune, and uh, really just you know everything, and learned so much in those years. Uh, Learned at that time about, about God's heart for the poor, the disenfranchised, the people that, that don't have a voice in society and, and around the world. And, uh, and that's how I started kind of getting involved with child sponsorship. That grew to uh, getting uh, really de- devoting my career to uh, organizations like Mission of Mercy that are reaching out to kids around the world. And some of the images that, that you saw already. Uh, Mission of Mercy is a, is an incredible organization that uh, takes $34 a month through child sponsorship and turns it into making sure that a child gets an education, that they get their health and nutritional needs met. And uh, You saw some of the food being delivered there. Uh, working with kids to be healthy, to, to, to learn hygiene and take care of themselves and their health. Uh, making sure that they develop socially uh, so that as they grow and mature, they become leaders in their in their communities and their churches maybe in their country someday Uh, and then the foundation of everything that we do is the gospel and uh, we assure everyone who sponsors a child with mission of mercy that that child is going to hear the gospel Uh, they're going to have a chance to to not just hear it proclaimed, but they see it worked out and lived out in front of them because we're not just about proclaiming the good news we're about living it in front of them so you know jesus said if, if they're hungry you need to feed them and that's what we do. And if they have other needs, we meet those needs. But it's all uh, connected to a local church where not only they hear that gospel, but they have a place to connect their lives then and their families connect into that church. And uh, we see incredible things happen uh, in that way too. If kids come to Christ, bringing their families to Christ, and, and their communities
0: change. Cool. Hey, let's go to those slides, guys. And uh, this is part of the trip. And, Rick, I'm going to have you walk us through because you took us on this vision trip. So kind of tell us where we are. Uh,
2: this is really a shot of uh, one of the first places we went, which is uh, called World Hope. One of, uh, things look different. Our projects look different everywhere you go, but this is a large. You can see the number of kids. This is actually a large school, one of our largest projects. It is a school. Uh, kids come every day here and uh, get education and get food. Uh, just a phenomenal place, and it's, it's quite a structure. Uh, we help build some of these buildings uh, that they have. And so this is a slum right outside of that area. I mean, it's just like you see this area and it's got all this great facility and then you go right outside into some of the worst slums in Nairobi. And we went and visited a home there of a sponsor child. There you can see the street. Uh, we're walking right down the street. That's open sewage, garbage laying all over, strewn all right. over, you know, you know people living in a home that
0: most of us... And that's where the, these, kid, these kids are coming. The kids that we just saw that were dressed and groomed are coming from right here. Exactly.
2: And that's what's so amazing. We take people in to see these kids first and go, oh, this is great. And then we tell, well, here's where they live. And it's it's an amazing contrast um, because our project's really become a safe haven for these kids. Uh, this now, in contrast, is out into the Bush uh, area south of Nairobi quite a ways. Uh, a couple hour, two and a half hour drive out here. And, and yeah, you saw some... Uh, uh, video of uh, Pastor Aaron playing with the kids. He didn't do that little job because it was running
0: around. No, no, that's too much work. So he didn't yeah. do that game. But, uh, <laughs> they were fast. Oh my goodness. Maasai
2: people but... are what you see when you look at National Geographic and you see these colorfully dressed, tall, thin uh, people. You know, you see the Maasai warriors who, who do the jumping up and down thing. And it's just an incredible uh, experience. Wonderful people, very warm. Uh, uh, Retaining their culture, even as they come to Christ, of course. Retaining the good aspects of their culture. They're colorful. Uh, and so we, we yeah. obviously, we believe in that. We don't want to come in and westernize everybody. Right. Uh, but here's a, a Pastor Rob. Yeah,
0: this, a this is Rob Ketterling. Rob was with us at our, uh, he and Becca, at uh, our missions conference. He's in, in Minneapolis. And uh, at every place that we went, they had gifts for us. And the beautiful stuff. And I have to tell this story. It was so funny because there was Rob and me and then a guy from from, uh, Alabama and then a guy from Indianapolis. And we were with Rick. And we were all there. And so they were coming out and doing the dance and and the song and the whole deal. And they had these gifts in their hands. And the first time it was all like neckwear type stuff like this. But the second time that we went, it was uh, they had like, they had belts So what was funny? Because again, the Kenyan people are not built like I am. I mean, just trust me. The body like this doesn't happen overnight, and not everybody can have it. I'm sorry. It takes a long, long time to get there. But anyhow, so there's these two guys, and Rob courses, you know, he and Rick are are built pretty much the same. So they were fine. But I said, look, man, they've got two belts. And they're they're all dancing and coming towards us, and they keep passing the belt going, okay, which one is the skinniest of the three fat guys? No lie. And I said, somebody's going to get the little staff, and the other two of us are going to get the belt. And so so I got a belt, so I felt good, because I was really railing on Dave Wigington, who got the staff. I said, do you need to go on a diet? Like, you, these people think you are morbidly obese. But what was really funny then when she came, when the lady came to me, she tried to get it around me. There was no way. I haven't seen a belt size like that since I was wearing Huskies from, from, uh, from Sears and I was in the sixth grade. And she kept, and I go, it's okay. And she goes, no, 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 we make it work. And she's trying to cinch it. I am laughing. We don't have that on video. If we did, I would show it to you. It is absolutely hysterical. Senio. Again, just um,
2: this... this uh Actually, the third project we went to, second one out uh, outside of Nairobi. Uh, kids coming, uh, sometimes they'll have uniforms, as you've seen. They dress uniformly. So uh, here's a feeding, a uh, little bit of the feeding that goes on. You saw that again in the video clip where uh, Pastor Aaron and the other guys were actually um, feeding as they come by. Yeah, it doesn't look like much, but it's a very healthy, nutritious porridge. And for these kids, uh, for some of them, that's, that's going to be the most food they get all day. And so it's a built with nutrition and that kind of thing. This is a n- different kind of project Mission of Mercy works with called New Life Home. These babies, you can see there, um, these babies li- have literally been rescued from death. A lot of these babies that were found on garbage heaps abandoned. Uh, some, some have been found in open pit latrines, uh, out in open fields. Uh, uh, some of them are just abandoned at the hospital. The mother will walk out. And uh, usually it's because the mother's HIV uh, it has hiv/aiDS doesn't want to raise a child these are the the founders and directors of the home Clive and Mary Beckenham and they're just incredible people you'll see a little bit more about them later wonderful facility you can see just a great facility for these they have about, run about 40 babies and then they have some and they, they adopt them out they have some kids that never get adopted because of uh, deficiencies De- you know they have um, uh, handicapped or whatever and so they have other places where these these kids stay but these little babies come in, they nurse them back to health uh, and get them healthy and then adopt them out it's, it's
0: incredible. That's cool, that's cool. Thanks guys so that's that's a lot of what we continue to see uh, while we were there and Rick showed us what they were doing and Rick talked to us a little, little bit about you because when we, we got done with this on the plane back I was like how do we help what do we do and so you talked to me about child sponsorship, and so uh, talk to me a little bit about how child sponsorship works, because I know you've got um, packets on the back table, and um, tell me how this works in a, in a real practical sense for us.
2: One of the things that, that we believe strongly in is, is the whole child sponsorship model, and, and here's the thing. Um, you know, people have said, well, that, that's a pretty good funding mechanism, because people are giving every month and that kind of thing, and, and I say, yeah, yeah, it is, but it's a lot more than that. Um, I mentioned earlier the things that happen in the life of the child. Well, you could do those same things just by saying, hey, give us an offering, we'll send the money uh, over there, and we could do those same things with those kids. But through child sponsorship, where you can actually see, and we've got these these packets back there, you'll see the photo of the child, the name, the birth date uh, of the child, the information, little, little kind of biographical information about the child. That's so that you can make a personal connection. And that personal connection makes a huge difference for the child. I believe it makes a huge difference for for the person who's contributing. Because now it's just not, I'm sending money over there, and yeah, I'm helping some kids. You're helping a child. Mm. You know, you've got the name. You've got the photo. And you know you're helping that child. And you can write letters. And I'm telling you, um, the ministry that can go on between two things that a sponsor does, writing letters, these kids... It, you, you can't imagine what it does to them to know somebody halfway around the world is caring about them enough, not only just to give have them in the program, but the research that's been done and going back to kids that have been sponsored, they always cite the letters. They cite, you know, I, I, did, I, I would have dropped out of school, but my sponsor kept telling me to stay in school. I didn't want to disappoint my sponsor. I, I became a Christian because my sponsor kept saying they were praying for me. So you do all that stuff, and then you do pray for them. Don't just say it. Right. You pray for them. That's powerful. This child probably doesn't have anybody else, may not have anybody else praying for him. But somebody half way around the world is praying for them. We got our family involved, our kids involved at very early ages. Uh, they wouldn't go to bed. They would not close their prayers without praying for our sponsored kids. And it was just every night. And then they'd ask, and then we'd get letters, and we'd read the letters at the, at the table and talk about those letters and talk about how what a different life these kids live halfway around the world and so many opportunities for me to, to, to minister and share and teach my children a heart of compassion for others um, because it was a child and, and they had the, the, the actual photo and, and, and the name and right. it was personal you know right. and that's and that's what I think Jesus calls us to do uh, we can't save the world from poverty uh, we can't even bring them. I personally can't bring the, the world to Christ, but I can do something for one child, and I can change that child's life, and that's what that, that's the difference, you know, between just, you know, it's great to give money, and I'm, I'm do that whenever you get a chance, and support missionaries, and support projects, but this is a very personal thing. Right. It gets you involved at a very personal level. Okay. So we've got the profiles back there. Come back, we'll instruct you on everything and how to do it. If you can make your first payment tonight, that's great. You don't have to, or today. Uh, We'll set you up and tell you how to do that when you get home. But uh, you can you can start that kind of personal relationship. Cool.
0: And Rick told me this on the plane. So I said, do you have any, sponsors, any sponsorship children with you? I want one that's 8 and one that's 12, two girls, because I have an 8-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old daughter. And uh, he said, sure. So he got me that information. So we began sponsoring back in February. Uh, and those two profiles, those pictures are... Uh, in our mud room, which is kind of like the central hub of our house. It's where the kids' lockers are, you know, they, uh, not where we lock them up, but where we put their stuff right and and all that so whether it's coming in of the day that's where they drop their shoes and their backpacks and stuff are or, or put on their stuff they see all that and we talk about this because because the thing for me about this is this i'm a huge advocate of missions giving and and you can look in the bulletin and see i mean missions giving at life church is up over 30 percent this year even over last year I mean, you guys are phenomenal you're giving i'm not taking up an, an extra offering today so don't like everybody just go okay great Um, I had one guy last night say, that really helped me when you told me you weren't going to take up an offering. It kind of lessened the stress. Uh, But what I am saying is, if this is something you want to be a part of, this is a great component to your missions giving. And if you have children, I would encourage you to take a look at this. Whether you do one child or you do one for every kid that you have. I would even tell you if you have elementary age kids that are in life kids, go get them. Bring them back to the table. Last night, there was a family that had four kids. They got all their kids. They went back to the table. And as a family, they selected four children they wanted to support. And the kids were part of the process. Because this is a great way of explaining we're blessed to be a blessing. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with your spouse or with a friend. But most of us in this room are better off than what we, our parents were. And that's just kind of how that goes. It's a natural progression of things. And you raise your kids and you want them to have what you didn't have, but you don't want them to be raised in such a way where they're spoiled and, and so forth and so on. And uh, so you're like, how do I bring a sense of reality? And we've talked about that before. I've told you, send them on mission trips. So there are 60 students this summer that are going with, with Pastor Kevin and with Miss Noel to out of the country and to the inner city to serve, to learn, to see that life isn't all the way it is in Germantown and in Wash- Waukesha and Washington and Ozaki County, there's a bigger world out there than this. Um, but another way of doing that is this, because it's a conversation about here's what's going on and here's what's happening, and let's, just like Rick said, let's pray. And let's pray for these children and let's write letters and let's support them. And so I would just, um, uh, we did that and have been doing that, and I wanted you just simply to have an opportunity that this is something that you can. Be a part of. That's why I asked Rick to come. I said, "Would you come and share this?" Because I'm going to share what happened to me, and and uh, then give you an opportunity. I know some of you you're already supporting kids somewhere else, and so what we're talking about, you're already doing. And I just affirm that. Um, you know, I had somebody come to me last night. We were we were uh, I was introducing Rick to frozen custard, and uh, so. Surprise, surprise. So we were at Roberts, and there were several people there from the church. And, and, you know, one of the guys that was there said, you know, it really reminded me of my responsibility when Rick was talking about that, about praying with the kids and that kind of a deal of what I need to be doing to kind of step that up. And, and it just a kind of a good reminder. It's just a great tool to teach your children that there's a big, big world out there, and that God has a big, big heart, and that you're blessed not just for you, but you're blessed to be a blessing. Before we kind of wrap things up, and I'm going to have Rick pray, I want you to see, though, Clive and Mary. You saw a picture of them. Uh, they are with, uh, with the, uh, the orphanage there, which is a ministry that, that uh, Mission of Mercy supports. And... Um, These are the people that are on the ground. Because with an international agency like Mission of Mercy, uh, it's virtually impossible for... Rick can't be in 18 different countries at the same time. And they can't staff and facilitate. So what they do, which I think is brilliantly smart, is they have strategic alliances. But the ministry is only as good as as the people that are there. I'm also a huge believer when it comes to mission, just so you know. I believe you need to have boots on the ground. I don't think that missions happens in corporate offices, although I know that there has to be oversight of that. I think the difference is made with the people that are there, the hands and the feet. And that's the other thing that I saw with Mission of Mercy is that they were there. They knew the kids. They, it wasn't a number. This wasn't some corporate structure. This wasn't some huge money-making. This was there. And so I want you to see. This is a couple. I don't know how old they are. Do you know?
2: Probably in their late 60s, early 70s
0: early 70s, should be retired, sitting on some cabana somewhere. They have sold out their retirement to do what they're doing. And God has done incredible things. Just check this out. I think this will build your faith. This is
1: the evidence of a miracle that God did for us. Um, we knew when we moved here that this property that we have was not going to be big enough. Then we would have to build something bigger. And one day, uh, the father of um, a uh, one of the children... Uh, being adopted, called me and said, "Look, I want to bring the godfather, the of this child to see where she came from." And he came. Out and I didn't know actually he was a Buddhist, and uh, he was a businessman, very successful. And he said, "Well, what's your dreams, Clive?" And I showed him this architect's drawing. I just pulled it out. and Said, "That's it." And I had had this done by an architect. I just knew this is what we wanted uh, for this time. And. Uh, so he got me to tell the story and and everything behind it and he said okay i'll pay for it i mean we're talking about a lot of money and he said i'll pay for it well then as time went on that three years later he came back to see it he said clive are you satisfied with what we got there i said yeah this is overwhelming but he said but you are people of vision and dreams what's your dream so i just went on to tell him i said well We want to see at least a home in each of the five provinces of Kenya, or the eight provinces of Kenya. And uh, he said, okay, well, what do you want? So I said, well, we started in Kasumu by Lake Victoria, and we need to have a place there. We have a very small home there. We need a bigger place. He turned to his projects manager, he said, go with Clive. He said, whatever he wants, he can have. And then I told him about the HIV children that we were caring for, who had been babies with us, were now growing up, had not been adopted. And so I I said, we need a place here in Nairobi for them. He said, OK. He said, buy it for him. And we went on like that. I thought, wow. And I said, we have another program on an island in the Indian Ocean, which is called Lamu Island. And uh, we want to work for the Muslim children there. So he said, I have made a lot of money. Uh, out of that area through dredging the waters. And so he said, Ken, and he said he said to this guy, he said, go with Clive, he says, and buy whatever they want. And that's just <laughs> what they did. And then about two or three years after that, he came back to me again, he said, Clive, I'm pulling out of Kenya, I'm closing my business, I've got lots of properties, and I know you have a dream for the various provinces, I want to give three properties to you. And that's just what he did. So. This is what God does. I mean, walking through the book of Acts, this has been exciting, I tell you.
0: Because really, they just need love. You know, some of them are sick and do need medication. But the overall thing that really makes them do well is the love that they, that they get. And we've got a wonderful, wonderful team. Every one of them loves the benefits, you know. If I had anybody that didn't love them,
1: they wouldn't be here. Yeah, I think one of the overwhelming things about this is just trying to keep up with God and what God is doing. Because we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, what is it going to be like today? And we
0: never know what he's going to put in our hands. But we just want to be available anyway. Wow, we, that Clive told that. Part of that that's not, like I said, there's nine hours worth of video that didn't make it to this clip, is that he said, I don't know what Peter must have felt like, and I don't know what Paul must have felt like walking through the book of Acts. He said, but I can only imagine that they are feeling a little bit of what I feel like. And I just thought, wow, at his age in the game, when a lot of guys are retiring, he's ramping up. And God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could think or ask. And the cool thing is that the Bible says that the wealth of the, righteous, of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. That God took someone who was not a Christ follower, far away from God, but through relational connection was able to take those resources and literally in the eight provinces of Kenya be able to minister to the needs of hurting kids. And that's what it's all about. And so that's a little bit of my trip. Uh, what I would like to do is take all of you on a trip there. So maybe you can go with me. I'm, we're working with Rick to, to take, a, to take some, some people and to be able to go and just see. And uh, it's nothing like being there. But did you hear what Mary said? The Mary, she said, they just need love. They just need Jesus. It's real simple, folks. And we have an opportunity to be a part of that. So, again, we're not going to take up an offering. I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, at the end of the service if you want to go out, if you have questions. You can just ask questions. Uh, there's going to be a team of people that are out there that, that have shirts on that's ask me about child sponsorships. If you want to sponsor a child, we'd love for you to do that. Uh, we had many, many people that do that. If you want to go grab your kids and come back and make it a family thing, you can do that. But, Rick, I'm going to ask that you pray for us. Because one of our passions here is that uh, we believe that if we take care of God's world, he'll take care of ours. And we don't believe that God has a shortage or a supply of resources. And so we want to, in every shape, form, and fashion, leverage everything that we have in order to reach this world for Christ. Would you pray for us? Let's pray. God, I want to thank you so much for Life Church.